This is Thomas Wayne Riley, and welcome to the American Southwest. Hey y'all, I know it's been a long time since my last episode, but I promise I am working hard on the continuation of the series I began with the Plasticine Mammoth Eaters back in June. Before I started that episode, I had wanted to do one on the Pueblo Revolt of 1680 that took place across the southwest and northern Mexico. But I had recently visited so many museums and paleontological sites that I just had to talk about the now-extinct megafauna that I did. For whatever reason, the big beasts were weighing heavy on my mind. But when I began the research, the story became entangled with the first peoples of the Americas. And then I read Child's Atlas of a Lost World, and that cemented the projection of the episode for me. And before I knew it, I had an entire series on my hands. A series that began with the Pleistocene, and the big mammals, and the mammoth eaters, and ends with the Pueblo Revolt of 1680. The story of the Native Americans would be the focus of the series, and it all fell into place so extremely easily. Obviously, that's a massive undertaking that would be better suited for a Mike Duncan History of Rome style podcast, but I couldn't be more excited to be tackling it with a few, or at this point, many, and they're still growing, humble hours, I'll be talking about this amazing topic. There's a lot of great literature and articles and podcasts and information out there that I've been pouring through and over and around like a flash flood stream through a boulder-filled red canyon. It seems like every time I start a book, that book quotes from some other book, and I've got to get my hands on that book and on and on and Down the spiral rabbit hole I go, like the people who I'll be discussing soon. That spiral will be a big theme. I eventually made a map to break the coming episodes up into certain topics and time periods and peoples, but the more I read and make notes and gather quotes, the more I have no idea how I'm going to structure it all. But I'm really excited to get it out. I'm four books down with some archaeological podcasts, some archaeological articles, and some archaeological site visiting under my belt, and my own stories and adventures to draw on, and I promise it'll be worth it. After the archaic and basket maker and Pueblo 1 and 2 and other oddly named cultural periods of people in the Southwest, I'll talk about those always fascinating and intriguing Anasazi, or ancestral Puebloan peoples, that so many from Mulder to the History Channel get wrong. I'll finish the series of pre-European conquest Native Americans with the extremely important Pueblo Revolt of 1680. After that, I'm thinking, 
outlaws and gunfighters? I don't know. Stay tuned. There's a whole lot of ground to cover before we get to the mustache-wearing gun twirlers. A whole lot of extremely interesting history that I am dying to spit out way too fast into the microphone for y'all. Before I sign off, though, I'd like to revisit something from the previous episode. I thought about starting the next one with this discussion, but it didn't feel right. So I figured an update on the podcast and dive into this, a shallow dive, into this would be a good reminder that I'm still here for y'all, my dear listeners. You'll have had to have listened to the previous episode for this to make any sense. 130,000 years ago is a long time. It's long enough to give you such a crick in the neck. In the last episode, I suggested that there's evidence of man being in the Americas 130,000 years ago, and that those men and women had come from Asia and had begun a tradition known as the bone-smashing, marrow-sucking culture. My term. With the only evidence of this tradition being spirally fractured mastodon bones and round stones with which they did the bone-smashing to get at that sweet, sweet marrow. That extremely ancient site is known as the Sarudi Mastodon Site, and it was found during a road expansion project near an ancient creek bed in San Diego. Since the previous episode, I've done a little more research because that truly fascinated me. Could humans really have been here that long? Even longer than our current evidence shows humans being in Europe? Were humans even in Asia at the time to have been able to come over here to the Americas? The argument I used is that the people sprinted over without stopping, straight from Africa, across the Bering Strait, all the way straight down to South America. There's great internal evidence in the indigenous humans that inhabit the Americas to support this theory of a more adventurous people, and I'm very inclined to believe it. Childs supports that theory with great genetic evidence. But is the Sarudi Mastodon site in fact evidence for truly ancient peoples being here? Some Native American archaeologists, such as Paulette Steves, has argued that this is indeed the case, as many Native stories and oral traditions say. The Diné, or Navajo people, believe they came up from the earth like corn, meaning they've always been here. Although, they also believe that, well, I'll let Childs tell you. Quote, When they first reached this world, known as the Fourth World, they found it covered in water and occupied by monsters. They had to unleash heroes to kill the monsters. In my mind, child's mind, this means Ice Age lakes and floods when the land was ruled by megafauna and the heroes came with spears made of rock or bone, end quote. Other Native American traditions, especially the Pueblo peoples, of whom I will talk about extensively in the next few episodes, but some Pueblo people say that they emerged from the underworld at a location to the north and then traveled south to their current locations in the Four Corners. The stories tell of a dark and wet world with high-walled canyons that they came out of and traveled down until they made it to the bright and warm canyon world of the southwest. That sounds a lot like the far northern hemisphere of Alaska and Canada with its lack of daylight and wet and cold, end of Ice Age climate and territory that they would have traveled out of on foot through the Ice-Free Corridor until they made it to the southwest. So, while Paulette Steves argues that some traditions believe they came from the earth and have always been in the region, others suggest differently. Archaeologist Dr. Jesse Toon says that at Cerruti, there's really a big, quote, lack of anything recognizable as an artifact, end quote. 
I listened to other archaeologists who have seen and held the stones that have, are claimed to be the bone-smashing stones, and they weren't convinced that these were human-made tools either. Yes, it is true that the bones really were smashed, but that could have happened naturally. The bones have been there for 130,000 years after all. We know elephants returned to the graveside of the dead, of their dead. What if mastons practiced the same cultural touchstones and trampled the bones themselves on accident? Also, they, the bones were in a creek bed with once flowing water where they could have tumbled and been churned and crushed and splintered against rocks and tree trunks. Dr. Toon makes a really good point when he says that everywhere humans went after the, they left Africa, they left stone tools. With this bone-smashing site, there really isn't evidence of tools. I mean, unless you count the bone-smashing rocks themselves, and there just isn't any matching pattern anywhere on Earth to suggest that it's a tool. Unless you count the few others around North America, where the same evidence exists, like the site in the Yukon Territory. But that site is 40,000 years old. Then there's the 10 others on the Great Plains in Nebraska and Kansas, which have been dated to 20,000 years ago, give or take. That means there wasn't a single bit of technological evolution for 110,000 years for the bone-smashing, marrow-sucking culture? That seems unlikely. Highly unlikely. And to call these tools is, is a bit of a stretch. They weren't made, they just appear to be circular stones. Which is different from the circular stones that would weigh down the carcasses that I discussed back in the last episode. But to me, the those weighing down stones, even from 45,000 years ago, and like Michigan, does seem plausible. So maybe it is the same culture using the same tools that they know to weigh the carcasses down of the mammoths in the water and to smash the marrow out. I, I really don't know. Paulette Steve's research is more about, quote-unquote, decolonizing historical narratives about indigenous people and the settlement of the Americas. That means she wants to take the storytelling of her people's past away from the colonizing European whites and put it into the hand of the indigenous people, which, yeah, that makes sense. I am all for more indigenous Americans getting involved in archaeology and history and anthropology. But there are some real consequences to suggesting native people have been here for 130,000 years. People weren't in Asia, modern humans, weren't in Asia until around 70,000 years ago. The evidence that we have right now suggests. And of course, further evidence could push the date back with more findings. There is evidence for a culture that left stone tools behind 1.7 or 2.2 million years ago in China, in Asia. But those stone tools weren't left by modern humans. I love the idea and the excitement of it, of Saruti being an early site. But if it is a site from that long ago, there's a possibility that the bone-smashing, marrow-sucking culture aren't even human but instead some sort of hominid. And if that's the case, you don't want to argue that Native Americans descended from these bone-smashing, marrow-sucking hominids because, well, that would mean whoever did descend from them aren't actually human, but instead a, a cousin, like a the Neanderthal or Denisovan. So it's a tricky site with tricky ramifications. I think further evidence and research and discussions are going to come along and will be important and informative and most of all, exciting. But I think it's crucial to have and keep an open mind. I don't yet have a title for the upcoming episodes. 
um, that began after the Ice Age had begun to melt. But for now, I think I'm going to go with the ancient ones. See y'all again in the Southwest soon.